Pope St. John Paul II said that discovering Christ always again and always more fully is the most wonderful adventure of our life. Blazing the Trail is a weekly conversation where we talk about this adventure with courage and hope while sharing stories about what the Holy Spirit is doing in Western Oregon and beyond. Welcome back to Blazing the Trail, heard here on Mater Dei Radio and through the Archdiocese of Portland's podcast channel. I'm your host, Miriam Marston, and I'm so grateful for these weekly opportunities to explore together the mission of evangelization and renewal in our church today. So as we continue to move through this wonderful and important year of St. Joseph that Pope Francis has called for, I recently had a chance to speak with Father Donald Calloway who's played a big role in the last couple of years, especially in advancing the beautiful devotion to St. Joseph, and he wrote a popular book on Joseph as well. Now, you might know already that St. Joseph is traditionally portrayed as a carpenter, and a few times this year I've pondered how God is such an amazing architect, and He wants to build something incredible. And we see in the life of St. Joseph this wonderful collaboration between him and God, the divine architect. We see how Joseph really allowed the Holy Spirit to work through his life, in some unexpected ways too, as we'll discuss a bit later. And on this theme of architecture and carpentry, I was reminded of this great quote from the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, where he writes, Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing and so you are not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. Again, that's C.S. Lewis. And isn't it tempting to want to build our own house? Don't we want to come up with the blueprint and the designs? Do we sometimes forget that it's Jesus who is the cornerstone and that everything should be built on Him and for Him, not for our own purposes or our own glory? I'm not sure about you, but I've forgotten this from time to time. But thank goodness our God is merciful and calls us back to His Son, the true cornerstone and our sure foundation. So let's turn now to my conversation with Father Calloway, whose own story is a testament to how God builds the house according to His good plans. And we'll hear more about the message that St. Joseph has for our times. Joining me on the show today is Father Donald Calloway, who is with the Marian Fathers. Father Calloway, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. How are you today? Oh, no, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Busy in the year of St. Joseph. Um, yeah. he, he's keeping me quite, quite <laughs> preoccupied these days, but it's all good. It's all good. Wonderful. All for the, the glory of God and you're doing good work. And I, I hope we can talk about that later in the episode. But first, um, I would love to dive in if we can. Um, Father Calloway, how did you how did you find your way to God, to the church? Mm-hmm. What did what did some of those twists and turns look like in your own walk of faith? 
Yeah, well, um, I wasn't raised with any faith. Um, I wasn't raised in any kind of Christian household. And I got into a lot of problems in my preteen years and then certainly mm -hmm. in my teenage years, um, being heavily involved in drugs and an immoral life. And, you know, it was crazy. I mean, it was it was about as bad as it could get. Uh, I got kicked out of a foreign country at one point. Uh, it was nuts. But through all that, my parents had a huge conversion. Hmm. They found um, Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church. And I joke around with my mom. I say, Mom, you're the reason that you found I'm the reason that you found God because I drove you nuts. You, need, you needed him to deal with me. Oh, gosh. Um, and I, I rejected what they did initially. I, I had no idea what they were involved in. Wow. But through their prayers, and I believe the prayers of many other people, one night when I was um, 21, going on 21, uh, I read a book that my parents had in their house on the Virgin Mary. Hmm. And that book was the catalyst um, that really got the ball rolling. And it gave me what I call the divine two by four. You know, God yeah. really woke me up, you know, um, and I... Yeah, I just went from one thing to another, falling madly in love with Jesus, with the church, yeah. with the sacraments, wow. with the saints. And then a key thing, and this is crucial because even though that was the initial catalyst, mm -hmm. there were these little Filipino women. God bless them, I tell you, they're amazing. Um, they took me under their tutelage, so to speak. Uh, you know, I was like their little project. And they taught me really how to pray, how to pray the rosary, novenas, how to go before the blessed sacrament. And I tell you, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for those women and what they did for me because um, without them, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have what I have today. Wow. So did they, did they actually just sit down and, okay, let me, was it more than just handing you a pamphlet? Did they actually mm -hmm. sit with you and, and help you pray? They did. So they definitely gave me the pamphlets and the yeah. rosaries and all that of kind course. of scapulars, you know, they, they had me decked out like, you know, I had so many things, Love it. but it was, it was more than that too. Cause they yeah. taught me how to do it um, and how to pray it from the heart and not too fast. Right. Yep. Because, yeah. you know, I, I, they actually would correct me in a nice way, in a loving way. They would say, you're going too fast or, you know, or something. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, I didn't realize I Cause I thought it was just the, a matter of sometimes the recitation of the prayer. Right. And they said, no, don't go too fast. Cause then it's, a, it can be a distraction, you know, just pray, mm. let it go into your heart. And I, yeah. that really touched me. Cause I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to God. It's not right. just, you know, saying words. I need to really, you know, enter in. And yeah. So mm. they, they, they took me deep in, in, in prayer. I love it. Now you mentioned the, the two by four. I, I just, I want to ask like, what, what was this book? I mean, is this something other people can pick up? I mean, is there a potential for other people to experience? Uh, I know each person is a little bit different, but you never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So the book that I read, it's actually out of print now. Um, it's called the queen of peace visits Medjugorje. Wow. Okay. And I didn't even know what that was. Right. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, this is an alleged apparition. You know, right. we leave mm -hmm. it up to the church authorities to decide these matters. But the contents of the book were talking about Jesus in a way that I'd never heard before. Wow. That wow. he wasn't a myth or a legend or a fairy tale, that he was real and that he had a mom. And, yeah. and that was a revelation to me. I was like, he has a mom. I didn't know this. Because right. you know? um, I thought Jesus was like a cartoon. I really did. And yeah. So that was such a wake up call to me. And then just the, the truths in the book um, that there's things called sins, yeah. there's right and wrong. There's things that lead you to happiness and things that lead you to misery. And yeah. I was like, 
wow, I've that's like really clear. I don't know why I've never heard this kind of stuff and mm. by far. Wow. So, all right. So this takes you into your twenties. Is that correct? So you said that happened when you were yeah, about yeah. 21. Yeah. All right. So, um, where is, where's the tug then starting to happen towards the priesthood? What's going on there? You know what? This is amazing because I signed up to take RCIA classes to become a Catholic. Got it. But, okay. it, but it was in that process. I wasn't even Catholic yet when I started to discern the priesthood because I was going to daily mass, although I wasn't receiving communion because I wasn't Catholic yet, but I just wanted to go. And I was watching the priest and I would see him sometimes um, before or after mass go to the confessional to hear confessions. Yeah. And the draw of those things for me was so big, I couldn't get away from it. I mean, I was just (laughs) in awe and I thought, Lord, are you calling me to this? How can this be? I'm not even Catholic yet. So so obviously I had to become Catholic first. And then I ended up sending away information to mailing away to all these religious communities. And I got a ton of information back. And one of them, the name of the community was called the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary. And I thought, wow, these guys have Mary's name in it three times. (laughs) They must be super into, you know, the Virgin Mary and super into Jesus, of course. So I thought I'll check them out. And I did. And the rest was history. Awesome. When were you ordained, Father? 2003. So been 18 years a priest now. Praise God. Now, as your ministry was just starting out, were you in a parish? Were you with uh, a certain apostolate? What did it look like in those early years of your priesthood? Yeah. So when I was first ordained, I became the assistant um, rector of the National Shrine of Divine Mercy up in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, yeah. okay. which was amazing. I mean, the ministry there is incredible and yeah. they want to go to where mercy, the center of it is, so to speak. Right. And so that was incredible. And then I got assigned to our house in Steubenville, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, which is where I currently reside, although I travel all the time. So I was the house superior there for six years. Um, And then I was made the vocation director for our community and also uh, given a whole bunch of hats as far as like administration, finance, personnel, those kind of things. So, yeah, so I've been doing all that stuff. Awesome. Well, for those just tuning in, I'm speaking with Father Donald Calloway and Father... uh, just shifting gears a little bit, you know, you wrote uh, recently, well, it feels recent, it might not feel so recent for you, but you wrote a wonderful book um, uh, on the consec- on a consecration to St. Joseph. I myself read this book and did the preparation and I made the consecration on March 19th. It's been a tremendous blessing. So I personally am very grateful as I know many others are, but let's talk about that because we've talked about the turning points in your walk of faith and in your discernment. What what about those turning points in your own devotion to St. Joseph? Uh, and, and what did that look like? And when did you realize this was someone who we needed now more than ever? Yeah, you know, what's amazing is when I had my conversion, um, the little Filipino women, you know, yeah. that took me under their wing and, and taught me, they also part of that was they brought me to this beautiful statue in that church and they said, this is St. Joseph. He's mm-hmm. the foster father of Jesus. He's the husband of Mary. And their subtle way of telling me that I needed him, they basically said, you really lived a crazy life. You need to Mm -hmm. ask St. Joseph to help you. And 
And they were right because I needed a good father. I needed a good mentor, so to speak, of manhood. Mm -hmm. And so I asked him, help me to repair the damage that I've done. Help me to be a good man. And he did. Mm -hmm. And he still does. And so all these years, I just really feel the need for him in my own life. And now as a priest for 18 years, seeing the world the way that it is with yeah. so much confusion in, in families and marriage and yeah. people today don't know what it means to be a man. Um, yeah. And so I thought, wow, you know what? what? The gift that was given to me, I think the whole world would benefit mm-hmm. from finding out about St. Joseph because he's such a good yeah. man. He's such a good father. I think yeah. he can help us to repair the damage that's been done. And the response to this so far with the book has been off the charts. Yeah, uh, it, it means that the, the need was there. And so and so let's let's unpack that a little bit. Um, what uh, turning to him, how how that really meets the need, the cry of the world right now. Um, could you walk us through a few of those points? Yeah, so the kind of the template for the book that I use is the Litany of St. Joseph, yeah. which is this beautiful prayer where we, we learn the titles that the church yeah. officially gives him. And just thinking about that in the context of our times with this breakdown in marriages and families and everything. Mm-hmm. So, for example, he's called the pillar of families. Um, you know, today, half of all marriages end in divorce. 25% of all children are raised in a home that doesn't have a father. We could use a lot more pillar of families today, you know, and men really being there for their wives, for their children. Um, we could sure use that. And then he's also called the glory of domestic life. That's a wild title because, you know, you don't often think about that when you think about men. You just think that they're out there in the workforce. But, you know, even after they're out there working, when they come home, they need to still be those who are helping their wives yeah. Um, you know, every every wife will give their their, their husband the, the honey do list, right? The honey do this, honey do that, um, and he does. He needs to do to help. You know, it, it, that's part of what his vocation is, like Saint Joseph did, right? Um, yeah. I'm sure that he helped Our Lady with all of the things that needed to be done for their domestic life. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. called the Guardian of Virgins. Yeah, I love this title because, <laughs> unfortunately, we live in a very filthy, perverse, pornographic era. I mean, that stuff saturates everything these days. Joseph is a guardian of a woman's dignity, of her honor, of respecting her feminine wonder and beauty. How do we need that in men today who don't take advantage of women and just use them for their own sensual gratification, but respect them? Oh boy, that's a great title. And then my favorite title, He's called the Terror of Demons. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that one. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that one. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves that title because you know a lot of times when we see Saint Joseph in art, he looks about 90 years old. He doesn't look too frightening, right, <laughs> in some of those images. But the reality is, he's probably younger than he's been depicted in art, um, and he has an ability to intercede with Jesus that's incredible because he can call Jesus his son. It's a paternal intercession. And so the devil is terrified of that. And if we tap into that, wow. I mean, things are going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that that particular title came up a few times as uh, as, as I was meeting with a small group as we were preparing for the consecration. A few people asked, like, what is this terror of demons? So it was good to, to unpack. And, and I think, um, again, very much needed these days. Uh, Father Calloway, as you know, the theme of this show is evangelization. When you look at St. Joseph, how can he be a pivotal player in uh, sharing the gospel in the mission of evangelization? 
Well, if you think about it, um, he's kind of the first evangelist in a certain sense because mm-hmm. he took Jesus to pagan territory, to Egypt, mm-hmm. right? And so that's pretty extraordinary. And then he kind of like set up the stereo, you could say, um, yes. with in Nazareth or maybe even in Egypt, you know, when they lived there. But he lived a life of perpetual adoration of Jesus, right? He mm-hmm. gazed upon the divine, divine child every day for decades. Wow. I mean, the, yeah. the ability that he has. And you could say, you could say that he did the greatest to this day procession ever with the body and blood of Jesus. So not in Eucharistic yeah. form, mm-hmm. but it's still the same Jesus, right? Right, um, right. When he walked with Jesus from Egypt all the way back to Nazareth, yeah. there's never been such a procession to my knowledge after that, it's the greatest one ever done. So you're talking about an evangelist and apostle. Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, yeah. And and when I as I as I was reading through the book, I thought of the different qualities and the virtues of Saint Joseph and looking at just kind of a contemporary profile of someone who wants to share the good news, like looking at those virtues of, of patience, of justice, of charity, um, you know, for someone who wants to emulate and imitate these virtues, um, how, how would you encourage someone who wants to trace those footsteps of St. Joseph um, in this spirit of bringing the good news to others? Yeah. Well, he's a great model for that because of his virtues. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times when you share the gospel, you know, not everybody is going to be enthused or they mm-hmm. might you know, come back at you quite critically. They might yeah. come back at you and really challenge or just dismiss you entirely. Well, mm-hmm. you know, St. Joseph is a man of deep prayer, so he's not going to lash out. He's not going to, you know, come back, you know, with very nasty words or anything like that. Yeah. He's going to everything he does is done with love, even that which he endures or suffers because of the rejection. Um, you know, think about it. Herod wanted to kill Uh, Jesus. And, you know, Joseph, you know, his his response was, we got to get out of here. I got, I got to protect, you know, the child. And it says they went, he didn't even wait till the morning. He went at night. So he's a man of, of such great love and obedience to God that um, even when things are thrown at him that are difficult, I mean, this, I can't even imagine his response is always love. Charity must always come first. Always. Yeah. But you're right. A love, obedience, but he didn't hesitate. He was a man of action. He moved. He was, he just, he knew where he needed to go and when, um, you know, father Calloway, we're now, uh, praise God in the midst of the year of St. Joseph, what are your, your prayers for this year? And, And what do you hope and you dream for our church and our world on the other side of this year of St. Joseph? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, my prayer and my hope, and I'm actually seeing it already, the fruit of this year, mm-hmm. is the healing in marriages to take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard from couples already who have done the consecration of St. Joseph mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a couple, that they've experienced some tremendous mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, I already mentioned for men in particular, who are suffering from this plague of pornography that's out mm-hmm. there. So many men have said to me as a priest, Father, I've struggled with this for years. I I just can't get away. I fall into these same sins. But they're saying that having a devotion to St. Joseph now is really helping them to redirect their intentions and to have a chaste Mm -hmm. heart. You know, I I think that's fantastic. I really do. And Mm -hmm. my prayer is that it just continues. So the year of St. Joseph will come to an end itself. But that doesn't mean that our love for St. Joseph comes to an end, right? Let's continue. Yeah. Let's have the follow through swing. Let's knock the ball out of the park, so to speak, and, and continue yeah. this 
and bring St. Joseph in more and more into our lives. Yeah. Do you see, you know, we've talked about uh, marriage and family. Uh, do you think St. Joseph has a role in terms of uh, bringing more men and women into the priesthood, into the religious life? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he's a model for everyone. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, priest in particular can look to him as a model yeah. of the church, right? Just like mm-hmm. Mary was his wife and he respected her. He honored her. She wasn't just at his disposal to do with what he wanted. And it's right. the same thing for a priest or a bishop in the church. We, we have to protect her. We have to honor her. We have to be willing to die for her. Mm-hmm. And that for me, especially as a priest, is a great example of what it means to be a shepherd. Even though St. Joseph yeah. himself was not a priest, it still mm-hmm. applies, right? He, like father, like son, we say the axiom. So yeah. I want to be like my spiritual father, St. Joseph. Yeah, I love it. Uh there was a, a title I wanted to return to, and that is, um, we, we talk of St. Joseph being uh, like a patron of a happy death, of a good death. Um, Father Calloway, I, I know that death has kind of come front and center with everything with the pandemic. Um, what can we learn from St. Joseph about facing this reality of death in our lives? Yeah, you're right. It has. And so many people are much more aware of it today because of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you look at his life, tradition mm-hmm. says that he would have died in the arms of mm-hmm. Jesus and Mary. And what a happier and holier death could you have, right? I mean, mm-hmm. wow. So that's why we turn to him in that. And we ask his intercession because, you know, it's hard to let go. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to leave this world because we, we haven't known anything else as far as, mm-hmm. you know, the other side. We, we believe it's there and we, we know that, but we haven't been there. So mm-hmm. it can be hard. And I think if we ask St. Joseph for his intercession, we can die in a similar way that he did, um, trusting in God and dying a holy life, meaning with the sacraments, dying in a state of grace. Um, And that's really important because as a priest, I can tell you, many people, when they're on their deathbed, they're kind of panicking because they might be remembering they didn't live such a great life or, you know, there's a battle going on there, you know, with that surrender and I think St. Joseph will really help us in that. And so many have talked about the emperor for a holy and happy death. Wonderful. Uh, Father Calloway, for folks who are interested in perhaps doing this consecration and reading up, what would their next step be? Yeah, so um, the book is kind of everywhere. It's it's the demand for it is so amazing that sometimes it's it's sold out. It keeps happening. I tell you, we got to keep printing more books. Yeah. We have a website where you can find out about it. You can get the paperback, ebook, audiobook. Awesome. It's in Spanish as well. The website is consecration to St. Joseph.org. Okay. So it's just the same title as the book, but .org at the end, consecration mm-hmm. Joseph.org. But yeah, check out your local Catholic bookstore as well. Um, and then, of course, Amazon. They yeah. have everything. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. And and again, I want to encourage the listeners today because uh, know that you're not alone. That mm. so many people around the world are embarking on this journey of discovering or rediscovering Saint Joseph, um, and really uh, just growing in a life of discipleship and faithfulness uh, through Saint Joseph. So again, um, my gratitude to to you and your hard work. I'm sure over the years, I'm sure that book was a labor of love. <laughs> so. Uh, Oh, Father Calloway, thank you so much for your time today. I just, I ask that the Lord continue to bless your priesthood and your ministry. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. A theme that keeps coming up time and again this year is the silence and the trust of St. Joseph. 
My friends, there's so much noise and distraction out there and an awful lot of confusion. So will we turn to the saint who's not afraid of the silence? who's not afraid of the detours because he believed that God's plans are the best plans. These two things, after all, are key to evangelization. Because as Father Calloway mentioned, not everyone is going to be particularly enthusiastic about hearing the gospel, even if the gospel is shared with great sincerity and zeal. Sometimes all we get in response from others is silence. But Joseph shows us that God can work wonders in the silence in the gaps, in the quiet and hidden years. And maybe conversations or relationships don't go the way that we'd planned or imagined. But again, Joseph is there to tell us, do you trust the one who created the universe, who gave you life? Don't you trust the one who has loved you to the cross and beyond? So this witness of St. Joseph has had quite an impact on Pope Francis, who tells us, I have a great love for St. Joseph because he is a man of silence and strength. On my table, I have an image of St. Joseph sleeping. Even when he is asleep, he is taking care of the church. Yes, we know that he can do that. So when I have a problem, a difficulty, I write a little note and I put it underneath St. Joseph so that he can dream about it. In other words, I tell him, pray for this problem. I love that line, that even when he is asleep, he's taking care of the church. I want to pray that we have this same kind of spirit of surrender and purity of heart, knowing that when we go to sleep, the world goes on spinning. God is still God, and we are still resting in his loving embrace. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope you can join me next time as we continue to blaze a trail of faith, hope, and love here in our beautiful church in Western Oregon. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, produced through the studios of the Archdiocese of Portland. Join us in our mission to share the good news of Jesus Christ across Western Oregon by visiting archdpdx.org.